gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm going to show the whole world why I was the unscripted, uncensored, loose cannon of commentary. I'm back, baby. Broadcasting from Manchester in the United Kingdom, this is the Aaron Meta Show. Well, if that hasn't cleared the uh, Eurosceptics from the room, then I don't know what hasn't. You're listening to the Arameta and Harry Dyer show. I am Arameta and he is... Harry Dyer. How are you doing, Harry? Not too bad, matey. Not too bad. How's things with you? Doing all right. Yeah, we've uh, just come off the uh, Manchester Debating Union, uh, De- Manchester IV. So uh, we're going to be talking about that um, uh, with a particular motion we're going to be talking about, actually. Not the actual event itself, but uh, one thing that did... Uh, piqued my interest, so we'll be talking about that as well, but uh, as you can always tell from the intro, um, it's been announced, Harry. Yes, it has indeed. So... It's the the people's vote. The vote on whether we stay in, or whether we come out. Yeah, and we'll discuss that in, uh, well, as much as we can, because, I mean, I've got to be honest with you, it's one of those uh, referendums which people are currently scratching their heads and asking themselves, why are we being asked this question again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, um, there is a uh, there was a third topic. Currently, what that third topic was. Uh, oh yeah, it was. Um, we're going to talk about fair use as well. This whole thing that's kicked off with uh, uh, the nostalgia critic uh, Doug Walker, and is also dragged in uh, your movie sucks. I hate everything, and pretty much any other uh, self-respecting YouTuber who is just trying to make an honest living and uh, can't seem to. Uh, yeah, past that at the moment, so we're going to be talking about that in pretty good detail as well. So, uh, let's start with this EU referendum. And uh, so, for those of you who aren't up to speed, uh, David Cameron has been uh, negotiating uh, a different uh, deal for uh, Britain, for whatever that, for the European Union, whatever that deal happens to be. It's uh, going to possibly mean uh, more contra- more having more say over the way things are going. Um, also. Uh, political is going to outrule. Um, it's going to outrule political union, further political uh, unification with uh, the rest of the continent, and uh, some other stuff which uh, I don't think many people actually care about. To be quite honest with you, and so apparently he's uh, not going to have too much on immigration. Apparently he's going to get a little bit on like uh, child benefit and stuff like that. But uh, I think uh, you know the Eurosceptics probably have it on the money there. I think he's really just coming away with. Uh, yeah, let's. We're gonna uh, do a little bit of tinkering, but besides that, uh, please stay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Isn't yeah, it? it's um, it it was, it's been interesting, hasn't it? I mean, like, from from what I understand of it, he'd sort of gone to, yeah, have a have a chat with with them to see if they could sort of, uh, kind of. Uh, Get get a get a bargain, 
uh, of some kind, you know, to make the situation better for us guys. It didn't really happen. They didn't offer him much of anything. Um, uh, yet he's, you know, he's still saying that, yeah, we should stay in the EU, whereas a lot of his uh, fellow uh, cabinet members have been coming out and saying that uh, that they want to be out of the EU. Um, it seems to be dividing a lot of people in very interesting ways. Um, you know, is that really uh, a good thing when you think about it? I mean, uh, whatever happens with the Conservative Party, you know, can happen with the Conservative Party. I don't really care at this point. But in regards to uh, um, the, the wider populace, I mean, can you really say that having everyone kind of divided into uh, different camps and... Uh, uh, the way that the debate's going to kind of flow about uh, whether you feel like British enough, I think, uh, or you know, consider someone British enough, you know, is that? Do you think there's like a kind of a poisonous nationalist element to this whole discussion that could potentially, un- you know, uh, unravel? Uh, uh, in, in, in yeah, this? yeah. I mean, there is, there's, there's certainly uh, an element of that that could be uh, exploited by mm. uh, various peoples. Um, but I, I think that the the whole debate, the whole situation with this uh, with this referendum is it's not about being, you know, patriotic or not. I think that that would be a very sort of you know two penny um, way of looking at it. Whereas there is a much more you know it, it's like everything in politics. There's just so much more complexities to it than just it's either black or white in or out and i mean to be honest with you like i've i've been reading up on it and i still feel that i have got a lot more reading into this um to do first uh, there's already people who are posting their thoughts and opinions there's already people posting which way that they are going to vote um and i think that from my perspective, what I want to try and do is just absorb as much information about it as possible, um, have a look at the big picture, and just see, you know, ultimately, when stacking up all the pros and the cons of being in and being out, which one serves us better in the long run. Because uh, the problem with modern-day politics is that a lot of people are... Um, I mean, for better use of a word, quite selfish. You know, they they want stuff that's going to change, you know, for them in the here and now. But yeah. I think that well, let's face it. I mean, I think, think about, I think that's uh, pretty, I think that's pretty it's pretty <laughs> true of politics uh, in general. Given that, uh, I think let's face it, this country, when it comes to an election referendum or whatever, it always votes in its self interest. And, yeah. uh, we, and it, it, we've done it all the time. You know, we've always voted with well, the AV referendum. Everyone wanted to uh, get their own back on the Liberal Democrats, so they voted against uh, uh, electoral reform, stupidly. And uh, then well, we had the congestion charge de- uh, debate here in uh, Manchester, and uh, everyone uh, pretty much flat out, because most of the people in Manchester drive, so they flat out pretty much uh, put that in the dustbin. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, a lot of people vote, within, vote for them really themselves. So, you know, that, that kind of brings me into why... Uh, I don't know about yourself, Harry, but let me safely say this: I will definitely be voting to stay in, with no, mm. with no, with no hesitation. And the reason being is because uh, you know I've been helped out quite a lot through EU funding. Through uh, for those of you who don't know, I have autism and, and uh, dyslexia and Asperger's syndrome. And uh, during the time when uh, I was uh, looking for work, uh, there were some very wonderful organisations that uh, helped uh, with EU funding, helped me to uh, get to where I am today. So uh, 
in regards to my career. So I see no reason why I don't think, you know, uh, rewards should be due. I mean, I see. You know, I don't see a reason why they shouldn't be. You know, rewards shouldn't be due. So, you know, for that being said, you know, if the EU is going to fund these projects and help autistic people across Europe, and uh, they want to help out, you know, do really good things across uh, across across the across the continent, I I don't see why we I shouldn't give them a thumbs up and say, you know, hey, you know, I want you to stick around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly in in your situation. I mean, I've I too am. Uh, afflicted with uh, dyslexia and learning difficulties um, and I've certainly had I certainly got no help with it from uh, from the education board <laughs> or the government when I was at school and, and surprise, when I was surprise, at college changed. Actually, if anything everything's gone in reverse you know the mm. fact that we've been further in reverse you know the fact that we've had what all these uh, all these people who have like have died because of what mm. uh, Department of Work and Pension Reforms uh, thanks Mr. IDS and uh, you know now we have. Uh, I mean now. To, I mean I'm honestly surprised a lot of disabled people across this country will think this is just another cut. Like you know it's like uh, they're trying to get everybody to uh, back them in their next round of cuts, which is going to be you know uh, getting out of the EU and uh, basically pulling the plug on a lot of social projects across this country. Mm-hmm. Doesn't yeah. surprise me in the slightest. Yeah. Yeah, well, again, like I said, this is why I think people need to really read up on this before they sort of cast any kind of vote because, um, you know, you need to, you as a, as, a, as a citizen have to look at the, look at what's on offer on both sides of the, uh, on both sides of the room and, um, you know, just see what, you know what what is what you are going to benefit from but the point i was going to make before was that you also have to think about what's going to benefit the generations after us and the generations after them you know if this is going to be a long term thing we want to make sure that there's something in place that's going to provide for the future you know mm. um and uh, i don't know like at the moment the bits of information that I've been reading upon are just sort of bits that I found on the internet. But I'm hoping that as we come closer towards, or not even as we come closer, I'm hoping that like in in sort of you know the next week, the next few weeks, they're gonna, you know, make sure that there's plenty of information available for people to 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 like I said to read up on to yeah. know exactly. Well, you know what how you were saying before that you uh, still be able to read up on. You still feel like you got a lot of more reading to do. I mean, like, uh, what is it that you would look for? In this in this referendum, what is it that you would think would uh, be about that would affect you badly if uh, you well, were to? It's well, I suppose it's the fact that like um, I mean, one of the things I was reading up on was the fact that um, you know, say Britain comes out of the EU, um, that's going to affect the trade, so that's going to affect the economy. It's also going to affect a lot of jobs, and um, you know, and ultimately it, the way that they're the way that uh, the sort of the the anti eu people are framing it is like you know oh it's costing billions of pounds or billions of euros or whatever to stay in as a member um but and if we pull out then we're going to save a lot of money but then ultimately we could stand to lose quite a lot of money as well as by not being able to sort of have the the free trade as as much as we do yeah well um, i mean the, the argument against that is that uh, you know they keep talking about how you know our oh, trade's not going to be affected you know where it's just uh, i mean i actually in an agreement with that i don't think trade our trade with europe would actually would be 
uh, affected. But however, what would what the problem would be is that uh, we would not be in charge of the rules of 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 how the the European market actually runs. So it's like right mm-hmm. now we're at the table where the uh, the how we can discuss how the the European market is run. And if mm-hmm. we're outside of that, we lose power over that. So I mean, it, we basically leave. Um, I mean, you know, we talk about these, like these three million jobs who are currently in in Europe at the moment, and uh, they're saying, mm-hmm. oh, you know, nothing's going to happen to them. And that I mean, first of all, the Eurosceptics don't know that because for all they know is that we the decision that's going to be made if we leave the EU is that we are no longer going to be at that negotiating table to decide what happens with those three million jobs. So those three million jobs are left at the mercy of all the remaining EU countries. And mm. if they feel that uh, they can get a better economic deal with other countries across the world, and not with you know this uh, little island that uh, currently lives on the on the west of the uh, you know just above Spain and just to, you know to the to the west of uh, ne- of the Netherlands, I mean they're going to be looking at it and thinking, well, you know we can do better with this trade elsewhere. So why should we give a- uh, Britain any special provisions whatsoever? I yeah. mean, that's, that's yeah. something that needs to be uh, looked at in, in itself, because you know, yeah. and also, also, I, I criticise with the uh, the pro EU side as well, because they, they, you know, they say, oh, well, you know, three million jobs uh, are going to go f- down the drain. It's like they don't know that. For all we yeah. know, is that yeah. the, the 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 thing that the, the both the sides need to come to a realization is is that something might happen to those three million jobs. There's no if there's no like a yes this is going to happen if such and such happens, and there's no yes there's going to be you know on both on both sides. So there, need, mm. there needs to, I think there needs to be kind of like a meeting of the minds, if you will, to say, look, you know, let's stop talking about these three million jobs just for a second. You just say that, you know, we may, something may happen, you know, something may happen in this situation, but we don't know what it is. I think. Yeah, uh, exactly. Well, it's all speculation, like you say, isn't it? No one, no one can say for definite what's going to happen. Um I suppose what we have to rely on is, um, you know, sort of look at the current situation and look at right. Okay, so this is what this is what being in uh, Europe is doing for us or to us at the moment. Uh, you know, and th- theoretically, if we weren't in that, let's let's have a look at all of the things that would change. What kind of knock-on effects would would they have? And yeah, a lot of it is going to be sort of speculation, like you say, is like, oh well, this could happen, and as much as you need to sort of keep that on the back burner, you have to look at what will actually definitely, what we know will definitely change should the uh, should the situation arise. And I mean, I think that um, you know, on a sort of on a on a broader scale, uh, the EU is is far from uh, a perfect system. I think that um, just again, just from sort of what I've been reading up on and my initial sort of feelings are that, um, you know, I, I, I think that really, if anything needs to be changed, it needs to be the EU as a whole. There needs to be some kind of, you know, grand overhaul. There needs to be, uh, you know, a change in how things are done. I don't know. How um, do you change it, though? Then, because uh, the, the one thing that uh, uh, people aren't going to want... I think, and that's definitely going to be, you know, the, uh, the the domestic politicians. They're definitely not going to want to have a completely democratic system because the reason that would be is because if you had an elected president, you know, let's say a president of Europe, and he, you know, you have to wonder who has more authority in that in that uh, in that context. Do you then turn Europe into a massive super state 
with you know an elected president uh, on, on top of it or do you have it kind of like you know a um, kind of like a, just a uh, kind of like a student union kind of thing where it's kind of like yeah they kind of like run their own things but you know at the end of the day we all know who's in charge it's like you know and, have, and they have that kind of deal so well, you know we've i was going to say we've talked in the past about the you know the the the, the evolution of society and uh, you know it, it's it's what what you see with uh, you know the EU and with things like the United Nations, they are attempts to create uh, this kind of global society. But unfortunately, along the way, there are all these uh, problems that we face. And yeah, but like- the United Nations is more consensual than the, the European Union is. Is basically that you know the United the United this is the thing like the United Nations having no teeth. It's like you know they can say is like oh you know there's uh, human rights abuses going on in this corner of the world. Uh, we highly condemn it, but in reality, it doesn't really do anything. You know, it's no, just, well, it's, no, because uh, because some of the people who are committing those human rights uh, violations. Uh, are either part of the United Nations or, or running the show. It's like, you know, part, so like yeah. Saudi Arabia right now is in charge of the, is currently running the Human Rights Council. Of yeah, the, uh, exactly. Of sharing the Human Rights Council. And you would think, yeah. what? You know, if yeah. out of all of everything that's currently going on in Saudi Arabia, how how yeah. did they end up with that? And yeah. I don't know, it's like, you know, you know they've been talking, I don't really want to go into conspiracy theory territory, but uh, don't you think that, uh, isn't it very isn't it very convenient for Ian Duncan Smith, you know, someone who's currently being investigated by the United Nations? And now he has, uh, and even if they do uh, ha- produce this report saying that uh, the United Kingdom uh, is currently c- c- committing human rights abuses against disabled people because of like all the austerity that we've got right now do you know who's going to veto it you know for, because uh, the united kingdom gave that um, pass on the shoulder to uh, those people saudi arabia because oh, they're right. you know they, they can think about it you know if ian duncan smith uh, is proposed to go down for what let's say crimes against humanity it's like you know um because uh, Britain voted in, has voted in favour for Saudi Arabia to head the Human Rights Council, what makes you think that uh, Saudi Arabia are going to go anywhere with this report, or even ve- you know even not veto it? Well, that's it. Yeah, if you're executing your citizens for expressing you know art and poetry, then a few disabled people not getting their deserved benefits isn't going to bother them in the no, slightest. No, it's, it's is not. It? Isn't but, it very? Um, con- isn't it very convenient though? Just, you know, oh yeah. Well, I'm not absolutely. saying. I'm not I mean, saying. Before anyone guys says I'm going into conspiracy theory territory here, it's like I I don't believe for a fact that uh, you know Britain uh you know uh, you know uh, wanted to put in Saudi Arabia just to protect Ian Duncan Smith. I mean I'm not saying Ian Duncan Smith is that important. I'm just saying it's like it is just uh, very it is very convenient for Britain that uh, you know maybe it's probably I would like to think maybe it's just like maybe one out of the possible couple of maybe 20 30 reasons why probably Saudi Arabia is currently there at the moment and most of them are probably economic. Yeah. If oh, anything. Of course yeah it's all about money at the end of the day but um but yeah, I mean, it's We've got um, to have just to... money. <laughs> no, no, uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, but um, the one, the one thing I, I that keeps going over in my head uh, with regards to the EU and regards to the vote, like, it, like I say, I think that that it's it's definitely in need of you know of of overhaul it's in need of change and i think that in order to do that you know we 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 have to we have to remain a part of it i think that to just kind of hit the abort button and jump out um you know it's it's not it's not going to do us 
you know, well, it's not it's not going to do us favors in terms of uh, where we stand on the kind of global stage. Yeah, um, the one thing that um, d- disappoints me a little bit is that some people are going to probably look at backing out of the EU because uh, you know uh, you know about TTIP and uh, you know the trade Trans-Pacific Partnership, and mm-hmm. uh, you know like the fact that you know corporations are going to get the ability to, like sue governments and things like that. It's like, you know, it's um, something like, you know, say, oh, well, we should vote to leave the EU to stop TPP and TTIP and things like that. It's like Britain will negotiate separately for TTIP. No doubt about that in my mind. The, the us coming out of the EU isn't going to affect that decision, in my opinion. It's like, you know, it's like, right. let's keep in mind who's running this country. <laughs> yeah. People yeah, who absolutely. were, uh, but, you know, uh, had a lot of money from uh, a lot of companies and a lot of backing from very high-end people in the uh in global markets so it's like you know it's uh kind of ease ease up there a little bit guys mm-hmm. but uh, yeah so i think so. um this is the things like you know this is um the thing that's going to annoy me is the fact that i don't think we're being um i don't think we're being informed that much about mm-hmm. uh about you know the the benefits of being in the eu and uh, also the other uh, reasons why you'd want to come out of it it seems to be kind of all in the in the high hills of like you know lawyer land and uh, politician land and uh, you know the uh, the economic gurus it doesn't seem to like uh, seem such i don't think this debate's going to necessarily trickle down very well to the uh, to the normal everyday populace well yeah that's what i was saying and like I, and that's why i think that there needs to be something like that in place because people need to know exactly what they're voting for but of course you know it's it's well a lot of the time the politicians would prefer to keep people ignorant um just you know just because people might not vote the way that they want them to but you know it's It's not necessarily making them ignorance it's basically basically making them care i remember uh, you know out of all the people that you think here we would be talking about politics uh, on this you know uh, qpr player joey barton uh, the uh, so-called mm. football philosopher. He um, he he, gave, he went on question time, and yeah, he said some pretty stupid things. But uh, one thing I I picked him up on, uh, which I thought was quite uh, intelligent, is that uh, I, this was after the European election, and he pretty much uh, you know took the wind out of uh, the UKIP. Uh, uh, obviously not physically, but you know, uh, you know, uh, I would say on a debate on a debating side, where basically he just said, "Well, you know, the UKIP victory wasn't really that wasn't really that great because uh, it was in an election that not very many ki- people cared about." And like, and mm-hmm. if you know that was the truth, because you know people keep talking about, "Oh, well, UKIP won this election." It's like they didn't win jack shit. So like, if anything, none of the above, none of the above won the election in that. Ele- mm. Basically, people not turning out to vote, pretty much uh, ab- abstention won that election pretty much and uh, you know if um you know if you keep keep telling you it's like oh well we won the european election last time around it's like first of all c- c- quote them on the figures how many of them didn't vote for ukip and i guarantee you mm. it's a far more than you think so yeah. uh you know just uh, put that put that out so there. so yeah um so i think w- what i would say with regards to the uh, to the eu vote for anyone who's listening anyone in the uk who or outside of the UK who has the right to vote for this or has the right to make, you know, be part of the decision, uh, I would say try and educate yourself, read up on as much as you can while you can. There's still plenty of time before the votes are cast. My initial gut reactions at the moment are that I would much prefer to stay in the EU, um, but 
I think that there are some questions that we yeah. have for them that need answering. I got to be honest. Yeah. I think I think we're going from here. I think we're going to be pretty pro EU. I think uh, pretty much going through this show forward. And you know, to be honest with you, that's uh, you know, this is my show, so you know, that's what we'll go again. I'm not saying that EU is perfect, but I'm saying it's uh, you know, right now. Uh, you know, uh, and I'll tell you yeah. one thing else as well. I'm open to uh, being convinced otherwise. So it's like you know, if you yeah, can convince, yeah. if you I can mean, convince me that this current government actually cares about disabled people, <laughs> you know, it's like uh, maybe I might uh, consider like thinking maybe they probably deserve more than like tw- you know your so-called twenty-five percent you know of laws being made in uh, Britain and seventy-five percent being made in the EU. Uh, because right now it's like the way things are going right now is like uh, with all these scandals that have gone on like uh, you know um, uh, um, what's expenses scandals you know a, 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 a current investigation into paedophilia and things like that it's like you know all you know drunkenness also in in the uh, in parliament the amount of bars they have there as well it's like you know you look at all the negativity that surrounds that old uh, building that's falling apart by the way you know they have to renovate it for like you know to the tune of billions of pounds it's like you look at that and think how on earth do they even get five percent let alone 25 percent so it's just you know it's uh so i'm obviously being convinced but you know a lot of things gonna have to change here and on the ground before we start saying like you know yeah yeah i'm a proper euro skeptic so uh yeah okay shall we move on to uh what was discussed at the uh, manchester debating union uh manchester iv uh yes go ahead yeah this one was actually a really clever debate and uh, actually i want to uh just get it up because uh, i wanted to get it one was a bit word for word uh you know verbatim and stuff so uh i was having to look for it now but uh it was regards to uh, uh james bond and uh how he has um you know, I mean, let's just talk about James Bond for a little, like a little bit. He says, you know, he's been one of our most iconic characters in cinema for decades. Uh, many of the greatest actors wanted to play him. You know, Roger Moore, Piers Brosnan, uh, various other ones as well. And uh, you know, he he has basically been the role that everybody would love to uh, to have. And uh, so we, I'm just gonna have a. I'm sure I posted it up on the. Uh, on the wall before I'm just having a look at its uh, uh, presence so uh, let's have a look at all the uh, discussions maybe I might post it on my Facebook wall so I'm just having a look for it at the moment um, you know this is why you should come prepared everybody you know because you don't know <laughs> when you might have to uh, come uh, come and find something so uh, ah, here we oh. go so I've got it posted yeah. up here I've got it up now alright so um, this is for our beloved James Bond character. Uh, One of the motions that was debated in the competition was this house believes that MGM Studios should cast a male sexual interest uh, of the next Bond film. Uh, Harry, your thoughts? Um, Yeah, I I did have a look at that and uh, and I did have a think about it. Um, I, I... I'm I, I mean I'm still I'm still trying to kind of process it like I I would just be curious um as to well first of all why 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 would why would we need to to do you know to have uh the sort of you know the idea of it instead of being a, a bond girl it's a bond guy uh, I mean, I know that they've kind of hinted at the idea that there was um, a sort of um, 
it's kind of like a, a, a homoerotic uh, tension between Bond and the uh, the villain from um, Skyfall. Yeah, actually, um, that was the clip they actually showed before the debate began. So just to give uh, information to uh, the debaters. So yeah, but James Bond, uh, you know, certainly as far as I know, certainly from all the lit- literature. Um, I I don't think he's gay, is he? So it's that's like... an interesting question because I mean, if you think about it, I mean, how many? I mean, there has been stories, haven't there, about uh, you know people who have been in denial of their sexuality for many decades, end up getting married somehow, and then having children. It's like you know, so those those stories are out there, and so and then... yeah, yeah, but uh, James Bond uh, as a character certainly doesn't strike me as someone who's kind of living in any kind of denial. I mean, if you look at the number of women that he's bedded over the years, he doesn't strike me as a man who's sort of trying to deny the fact that maybe well, he, I mean, he, fancies, don't you... he fancies, you know, Blofeld or something like that. Don't you, know, you think that the James Bond series has the kind of the same consistency as the Legend of Zelda series? The fact that, you know, how on earth can Link in Legend of Zelda have so many somewhat samey adventures, somewhat with the same characters in completely different areas, in completely different stories, in completely different time, eras of time, and yet, uh, you know, somehow people still think that's a, uh, you know, a consistent, you know, story, if you, if you mm. will, throughout yeah. the, uh, I mean- the saga so yeah I mean, well can't you say I, I james mean, yeah, bond course, is kind of but... in the same in the same boat if you will that yeah, is some mean... of these movies just kind of like happen but not necessarily either in the same universe or in the same time zone or have any kind of consistency to them so. no well they're they're of course they're not like one after the other because we you know it started off in the you know the 60s and we're now into the you know the noughties so yeah of course it's uh of course it's not all part of the same uh timeline but um, I mean, there's I certainly think that like that there is a you know a need for some um, you know or maybe not not so much a need but like you know it would be good to to have some you know um, good gay characters uh, on uh, in film uh, and on television without. Uh, pandering to the sort of stereotype um, but the idea of it being James Bond it's like right okay well let's put him with a man now um, I don't know it just it, it kind of it, well, not it necessarily. seems I mean, like let's, 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 I mean if you look at the the way the motion was it basically it was, it was a sexual interest for Bond so not necessarily that it would be you know you could still have like a a bond girl if you will you know within the mix except you would just have you know one thing I thought of coming up with uh, coming up with uh, was uh, having a character in uh, in in the movie where it would basically so James Bond would possibly be confused about his uh, about his sexual orientation if you will or basically where he stands sexually so you kind of you could you know I reckon that could add a new element to the Bond character where basically you have him you you have this girl and you have this guy and you have you know kind of James Bond conflicted about his feelings towards either one of them um you know obviously put it within the constraints of you know within the constraints of uh you know the bad guy with the bomb gonna blow up something and then you know but then you you could possibly play that out and actually i think it would add a new it would be add a new dimension to what yeah. uh, you could do with but, bond 
So. The thing with James Bond as a character, like, I, I certainly think that would work well, but I just don't know whether it would work with James Bond. Because as a character, James Bond, despite the fact that everybody says, oh, he's just like so much deeper since Daniel Craig took over. No, he isn't. He's still the same guy who kills men, shags women, drinks martinis and you know messes with gadgets that you know it's a very very simple character formula and i i just don't know whether giving that kind of um you know character development or character motivation to james bond would necessarily work it seems very much like fan service more than anything it seems like you mean fan, fan fiction. fiction yeah yeah like it, it just seems like oh let's do that or it seems like you know uh, without sounding um <laughs> without sounding like a like i'm on the 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 right side of the spectrum uh it sounds like the kind of uh, the politically correct boxes being ticked it's like right okay so we've you know let, let, let's just put james bond with any kind of sexual interest possible uh so that everyone gets a look in i just don't think you really need to do that um, i don't know it can, it can, I, I do admit it does kind of fall into the category of uh, we're running out of ideas it's like, you know, it's yeah, like, what else course, can we yeah. do? What, what haven't we done with Bond yet? And I think if you go well, down I through mean, the list of all the movies that he's been and what he's done, it's like, you know, the, uh, I mean, i got to be honest, the, uh, the, I mean, they've even got to the point where, you know, with these new newer Bond movies, you re- you realise he's not been using as many gadgets as he normally would. You know, it's like, uh, you remember when the new Q came in and basically made the joke about, oh, what were you expecting, an exploding pen? It's like, well, yeah, it's like that's what we were expecting, you know, for yeah, a Because that's a what Bond James film. Bond is about, you know. James Bond is not about, you know, sort of being a, a platform for, you know, like, is, is, is sex black and white or is it a spectrum? And that, that's, that's something that certainly I think needs to be discussed and needs to be um, portrayed and needs to be talked about more, um, you know, to, to sort of... Uh, dispel certain myths that surround it but like the, the idea of doing it with a James Bond movie I just can't see it uh, resonating as well with audience members than if there was like a completely separate film with you know original characters where this kind of thing goes on I think if you were to do it with James Bond it's the same it's the same as I've been saying about the new Ghostbusters film like I know that everybody keeps going on what if on they were chicks oh uh, yeah and like you know, and then anyone who says that they don't like the idea of it is immediately branded a, a misogynistic idiot. But I just don't like the fact that it, it just seems so gimmicky. It seems like they're trying to prove a point rather than just make a movie. I mean, don't, it, it doesn't don't feel we... promoted well. I mean, uh, I mean, obviously, well, I mean, bloody hell, it's coming out this year. We've not even had a trailer for it yet. You know, well, we so had I, sort I, of I, a trailer. We had like what we had like those army guys going uh, like up to a building and like, you know, kind of yeah. like a la the I first Ghostbusters. I think it's. I think that when it comes out, it is going to be panned. But again, I'm going to wait until I've seen it. But the point is that it's like with with iconic things like James Bond or Ghostbusters. Like you know, you you, you can you can make statements by you know by coming up with original great art that will be recognised for its own merits rather than just taking something that was previously successful and then flipping it on its head and going, hey, look, see, we can do this or we can do that. Like, I just think that ultimately it turns a lot of people off and, go, and actually works against 
what it is they're trying to do. Um, I mean, to be honest, as James Bond as a character, I'm not I'm not a massive fan of James Bond anyway. So like, he, I they could do whatever they want with James Bond, and it wouldn't really affect my life. And to, and like, and now, on top of that as well, because yeah. I mean, if we're going to go on the idea that uh, you know um, there's one movie and then there's another movie, it's like you know, if we did have a, a, a James Bond where you would have a male as a sexual interest and that wasn't your thing, don't go see the film. It's like you know, it's like there are plenty of other Bond films you can enjoy. You know, it doesn't. Necessarily, I mean, how many Bond so you, films so you have mean we had? It would be non-non-canon. It would be uh, a kind of chain of its own. I don't think any of them actually go in a theme. It's like you know, so it's not like Doctor Who, where basically you know the Doctor you know turns into like different characters every time. It's like you know, and uh, you know, it exists within this kind of like uh, you know. I, I don't know. It's like you know, I know there's some fans out there who say, well, the idea of James Bond is that he's not actually you know a. Uh, He's not actually a person. He's kind of like a code name, and like so, people like could become Bond, if you will, and like adopt that code name. So therefore, that's the reason why so many different actors like play him and such. I just think it is kind of like you know, Legend of Zelda, where basically you know you have different, um, yeah, you, you have different games that all don't go together. They all just kind of like exist in like different dimensions and stuff. Actually, even better is like I think it's like Teen- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles TMNT. So you have like, you know, the comic book and you have the toys and you have the uh, the, the cartoon and you have Michael Bay's uh, horrible rendition and then you have all these other variations of, uh, of TMNT including, uh, you know, uh, Jim Henson Productions uh, idea of it. You know, it's like there's these... Uh, there's all these different ways of interpreting it, of something. And to me, I feel like uh, James Bond over the last couple of years, and yes, they've been done in like series of movies, I think it's been, di- it's been done as different people's interpretations of what they think mm-hmm. James Bond is. Because, you know, it's like, can we really say that the director, when he had Roger Moore as James Bond, can you really say he had the same idea of what James Bond was compared to whoever the director is, uh, you know, for Daniel Craig? You know, yeah, you really, I mean, yeah, they all yeah, have their different. Terms. Everyone, everyone brings their own thing to it, you know, including the actors. So, yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't, I, I'm not saying that uh, it's a complete write-off of an idea. I'm sure that the if you know if they can do it in a sensible, clever way, then there's no reason that you couldn't have that in the James Bond universe. I think if they were just doing it for the sake of like, well, let's just show that we're really diverse and you know and nice by giving him you know a gay love interest and and the extent of the planning went as far as that then ultimately it's just gonna kind of you know like it's it's it it just goes against what they're what they're trying to do i think it's like you know people who suddenly come out and jump on bandwagons without really knowing what they're what they're you know fighting for they're just being sort of part of a crowd and trying to look nice but um, yeah, who knows? Maybe in the future, the Bond could go in a completely different way. I mean, that's the good thing about the character is that it's you know it's not so set in stone. But I suppose yeah, you could do a good story of something like that. But would it work with James Bond? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I just think that the 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 fans would not react as kindly to it as people would like them to in an ideal world well i don't know it's like i think um i think some people would say it's a it's a refreshing step in a new direction and uh, see uh and and they just want to see how it goes if it falls flat obviously we know it's not worked 
So obviously, you know, there's 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 always going to be that possibility with films. You're like, you know, it's like, it's always, uh, but at the same time, it's like, my biggest fear is, is that, uh, I think if, uh, if you can't take, if you, if you have a character and you can't take him in a new direction, it's like, uh, what do you, I mean, what, what, what do you do? It's like that, the, the, the danger you run into is then, is that your character in that film then becomes very stale very quickly. And then you'll probably wind up saying, well, people don't want to pay to see these films anymore. So it's like, you know, that's the reason why, I mean, if you've, if you've seen over the years, uh, I mean, how I mean, how long did it take for us to uh, get uh, that Hey Arnold, Hey Arnold movie? If you think about it, it's like you know. Uh, remember this? Uh, this camp, you know, obviously we got it last year in November of 2015. This camp, that campaign started in two thousand and nine. It's like you know, mm. and, and uh, the, the the show was cancelled in two thousand and four. So it's mm. like you know, so uh, so I think the fact that and also Craig Bartlett also was told me in uh, in uh, one of the interviews that uh, the Arnold hadn't evolved as a character that much between season one to season five. And I think that probably might have been one of the reasons why, you know, uh, audiences may have uh, got slightly turned off because, uh, you know, uh, obviously, it's, for me, I feel like it's coming back because obviously, you know, the nostalgia, we're in the era of nostalgia now. So it's like, you know, it's old ideas being uh, being brought back again. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that's not a bad thing, but uh, the, um, the I think the idea is that a lot of our characters who we kind of grew up with, you know, He-Man, for example, you know, what was his thing? He'd like, he'd wave his sword in the air, he'd defeat Skeletor, and, uh, you know, shenanigans happen. But that was a constant thing that kept going on, and He-Man eventually died out. And only really has only come back because of, nostal of the nostalgia factor for him. But, you know, if you think about it, if you think about all the characters that have recently come back, the only reason they come back is because, you know, uh, Hollywood wants to uh, make characters out of them again. But if you if you, that didn't happen, these characters would have been out for long periods of time. And so yeah. it's like, so, I mean, is, am, am I going to say that's going to happen with James Bond? You know, maybe not. Maybe they will find uh, newer things to do with him besides, you know, obviously, you know, turn him gay. But, uh, I mean, uh, for me, I feel like uh, it would be, if they feel that they can't do anything else, then I feel it would be a necessity in order to kind of go in that direction and just see where it goes. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of feel that there's uh, there's a, a longer, deeper discussion <laughs> that would have to be had about that. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my my personal view is that um, if the character wasn't working anymore, then it'd probably be the case of just saying, right, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's Hollywood will you know bleed anything to death, and you know, and it could be the case that they sort of say, right, well, let's try completely spinning spinning it on its head, a bit like they did with the Fantastic Four, and you know, and look how well that went down. So. Um, you know, I just don't know. I, I think that certain... Um, I wrote a dissertation on this, actually, about like how certain uh, established characters... Um, you know, there's always this thing of, of the, the more popular they are, the more famous they are, the harder they are to sort of change around. Um, I suppose as well, a lot of it would would depend on the choice of actor you know if the actor was good enough to pull it off convincingly um i don't know it just it, it just sort of thinking about it it all just seems like it's it's you know if it was being done it would be done uh just to kind of make people feel happy and to um you know to to do the kind of the as i say the fan the fan fiction slash fan service like i i uh, as it sounds at the moment it sounds like 
it's just kind of a, a cool hip idea. Um, I would be interested to see if the people who passed that particular <laughs> vote had any ideas as to how you would uh, how you would write that and perform that and do it in a kind of believable way, other than it just feeling like, uh, hey, let's just do something completely random and different. You know, I'm not saying that it couldn't work. I'm just saying that the way it sounds, it's kind of like, oh yeah, let's let's just do it. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is going to be our last topic of the night, because uh, for, for those of you that have... So, so apologies if this uh, episode's going to be quite short tonight, because obviously we've uh, we've uh, got a pretty busy week going up uh, ahead of us. But, I'm uh, oh, sorry, I just need to uh, close that off. To close that off. Um, did you hear about uh, the uh, currently, currently massive amount of uh, uh, hullabaloo that's currently going on on uh, YouTube right now? Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, stuff, um, <laughs> like, in, in the news, uh, on the internet, and on YouTube as well, talking about, um, uh, again, I think we've talked about it, how a lot of uh, channels are coming under attack or being affected by uh, changes that have apparently been going on at YouTube. Um, but, I mean, you've, you've got the story there, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you so can fill, fill everyone for, in. For those of you who do not know, in, in America right now, there is something that's called fair use. Now, what fair use means is that uh, you can take a copyrighted material and if you and you can use that material to uh, basically either review or to make fun of or to basically create satire from it and uh, that has been something that's been around for very many years now so and it has allowed uh, people like uh, you know Doug Walker the nostalgia critic to uh, basically re- do uh, movie reviews and entertain a lot of people he's entertained all he's, he has entertained me since uh, since the college days he's also uh, I mean he also gives uh, uh, it gives it for uh, the angry video game nerd and uh, I hate everything. Your movie sucks. Uh, various people, you know, Chad Tronic, uh, various other people to uh, do like reaction videos as well. It's a fair use has basically allowed people to uh, put people, you know, other people's content to the sword, if you will, to uh, to tell people that this is good and this is bad, and tell people you know why that is. So obviously, you think you know. Um, that can only be good not just for you know for entertainment purposes, but it's also kind of be good for the consumer. It can be good for uh, um, it can be good for a lot of things, and also it's creating a new economy for you know uh, artists and uh, for video makers to uh, enter into to do what they love to do best. Because obviously they can't do it as a hobby because it costs too much money. So you can probably imagine how pissed everyone is. Is that uh, when uh, YouTube now ends up getting uh, constant uh, DCMA, Digital you know Millennium Copyright Act claims, um, also getting uh, you know takedown notices for videos and uh, and just basically uh, allowing them just to comply without actually properly checking the facts of whether this is actually fair use or not. And YouTube has stated on their website that they will protect people who are fair use. Yeah, they haven't been doing that. So, uh, Doug Walker, the nostalgia critic, he's had his uh, che- he's had his monetization taken away at one point. He had it taken away for like twenty three days. So he wasn't being paid for uh, like nearly a month for any of the content that he was doing. And at some points, they've even been situations where if um, a major corporation files a claim. They can not only take the monetization from the video, so basically the money that uh, the, um, the the creators make off the video, they can actually take it for themselves. And when the right. creator wins the money, gets the monetization back, they do not get a penny back from the uh, the people who took the money. 
So right, basically, right. when these videos, and I just noticed that you probably just picked up on that. So you know, these these videos could be massively popular on YouTube, yet the creator doesn't get to see a penny of it if it's uh, if it's filed as a uh, not fair use by the corporation. And so it just it's um, you know so it's caused a huge amount of anger on YouTube to the point where now lawyers are now researching this to offer them you know obviously you know and you know you get these ambulance chasers and things like that who you know want to you know see a like a, a possibility do you remember, you know obviously you remember um, oh what do you call it uh, you know when the banks uh, which pay which was it PPI you remember that it's like yeah. uh, you know uh, this could potentially be YouTube's PPI. So, like, you know, if you look at the... You know, they've even stated on, uh, you know, blog posts that, you know, they were going to protect people of fair use and they failed to do so. Now, whether that's actually written in the terms and conditions of it or, or not, I'm not too sure. But if it is, it's like, you know, could you imagine the massive amounts of law firms that are going to want to jump on this to say to people who have had YouTube uh, uh, videos taken down, YouTube channels taken off air? Um, could you imagine the amount of people saying, you know, hey, have you had a YouTube video taken down in the last... Uh, 30 days or something like that, you know, come with us and we'll, you can join our class action lawsuit to uh, go up against Google and, uh, you know, you can claim your money back from these corporations. This could, yeah. end, up being, this could end up being a gold mine for mm -hmm. people who know what this is about. So, But when you're putting that to one side, there's just the very fact that, uh, you know, a corporation can just walk in and say, we're going to take your money away and for no good reason whatsoever, and we're going to be taking it during the popularity of your video. And then when it finally trails off and uh, we no longer want to put the claim, uh, you'll get the monetization back and you'll pick up the pennies from later on. Isn't it just criminal? Yeah, it, it's, uh, it sounds like they're uh, moving in on another money-making uh, money making scheme by the sound of it, you know, like literally fleecing people. And uh, it sounds very much like just from that, just from describing it like that, it literally sounds like they're, they've reordered everything and stacked the deck in their favour. Like you say, even, they, they, even if but someone... It's not just that, it's YouTube. What is YouTube doing in this situation? Why are they say, Why are they not allowing? Uh, or why are they making it incredibly difficult for creators of uh, the content? They make money off, by the way. Why are they making it so difficult for them to uh, take to, to to take on uh, people who say that their videos are not fair use when they blatantly are? Mm. It makes no sense. No. Well, I mean, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, as uh, as the events unfold, like you know. People, uh, people can sort of. Um, I'm trying to think of a, 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 how to describe it, other than just saying like coming out in in protest to these changes. And if enough people turn around and say, "I'm sorry, but this is just complete and utter horseshit," then um, you know, it, it, if the if the weight of the masses pushes against them, then. Perhaps the situation can get resolved, but it sounds at the moment like uh, they've uh, they've worked out a nice little system. And after the Fine Brothers fiasco, can you imagine how much? Could you imagine YouTube wanting to get that much seething uh, anger directed towards them when they've probably yeah. done so much themselves to try and ha make so many people happy? Yeah, it's like, you know, it's, uh, it's a real it's a shocker. It's a real shocker. Like um, you know, because. YouTube is kind of like one of the go-to places for most people now who have the internet. You know, it's like certainly in the top five sites 
to be visited. I oh. mean, it'd be interesting to see where it actually was in the top five uh, internet sites next to things like Google and Facebook. Okay, and so I can actually tell you that right now. So it's like, you know, so, so, so if I put in like, uh, say, top five websites. Yeah. Because I'm sure there's, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but uh, uh, the most popular is like, oh, Alexia will tell me what it is. Alexia says that uh, obviously Google, uh, the top five are yahoo.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four is uh, Baidu.com, which is a Chinese search engine. Uh, right. the number, and, num- and YouTube is at number three. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's just bang on that. Yeah, yeah. behind number Facebook four. and Google. Right. There so those are your... Uh, so, so, yeah, so I mean, considering something that is so, you know, that is that popular to start, you know, to start, like, going after its... Uh, not only its its users but its most popular users probably the, these channels are the reason that it's there in the top five most popular <laughs> websites on the internet is because of these people and now it seems like what they're what they've decided to do is uh, hey let's go and uh, find those people and fleece them yeah you know? well originally it was about that and then obviously these major corporations have moved in and now where uh, you know you got like vivo and like all these other uh you know, companies doing like all these videos and stuff. Even Time Warner and uh, you know uh, some of the people who are who are complicit in uh, taking these other videos down. Uh, they're you know people who are like you know even Viacom, you know, it's like and 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 stuff. You know, they're, they're all the all these major corporations uh, have all jumped in who you know flagging flag videos down for you know and all take monetization away from them. They themselves are also making money from their own videos uh, on mm-hmm. YouTube. It's funny. It's like you know, you 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 think you know if uh, Sony or any of their these companies got like uh, you know DCMA's put put, to, put towards them or like uh, copyrights uh, uh, reports put towards their videos, how how quickly do you think their videos will come back compared to everyone else's? Oh yeah, it would it wouldn't measure up, would it? <laughs> no, it, <laughs> it, would, it would it would it would be crim it is criminal. It really mm. is, and you know, YouTube should be should be bearing the full brunt of all of this. Uh, without mm. no, you know, they should be saying, you know, they should be saying, uh, you know, right now, it's like, yeah, we are, you know, uh, we actually mean what we say, and we're going to uh, actually protect fair, you know, people from, you know, these fraud- fraudulent claims, and because mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I'm really surprised they're not just seeing it in front of their eyes, like you know, the fact that they're making, you know, they're. These companies are, are are basically stealing money from from creators. That's basically what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I was really surprised. No, you know, YouTube don't YouTube don't see that. What happens to that "Don't Do Evil" thing, Google? Remember mm-hmm. that? You know, before you started, uh, you know, uh, um, avoiding tax, and uh, you know, before you started doing <laughs> yeah. all the other bullshit that you do. That's it. Doing a different kind of evil. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, it's uh, no, it's it's evil. It's like yeah. you know, it's like it goes against everything they set out. They claim to have set out to do, and here mm. and here they are in this really shitty situation of just being complete hypocrites. Yeah, really is. Uh, so I think we'll wrap it up there. I think pretty much. So uh, hey, we did a we did actually to be fair, we did like somewhat of a full show. So uh, yeah, I think we've done well. We've covered a lot there. There's plenty for people to think about. Yeah. Well, I'm going to put this show up, and uh, yeah, I'll uh, probably put it up later, later tonight. And uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty cool. Harry, pleasure as always. And uh, yeah, I'll catch you next week, man. Yeah, see you next week, Aaron. Right. Take care. Cheers, Harry. Bye bye. You guys. All right, everybody. So uh, yeah, by the way, thanks for the Manchester Debating Union for uh, allowing me to use this motion. So if you want to, uh, to for this discussion about. Uh, 
James Bond. If you want to uh, find the MDU, it's uh, mdu.manchester.ac.uk. Uh, mdu.manchester.ac.uk if you want to find them there. They do some really good work. Uh, so I really want you to check them all out. Um, if you want to find about my about myself, it's facebook.com forward slash Arometa show, twitter.com forward slash Arometa show, uh, arometa.tumblr.com. I'm also on as well. So thank you very much for checking out the show. We did about 55 minutes, and uh, so we've been pretty pressed to this week. So uh, it's uh, been it's only had about three things to talk about. But so besides that, thank you very much for checking us out. And uh, yeah, I'll see you very soon. Check it out next week. Bye-bye for now.